here we go. From the Steel City, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, welcome to Post-Christian Pastors, the podcast hosted by three pastors that dives into faith, relationships, pop culture, ministry, current issues, and a whole lot more. Hey everybody, how you doing out there? Welcome to Post-Christian Pastors. Wow, it's 2021. John, we survived. We made it. We we survived. <laughs> it is 2021. We have gotten over the hump of 20. I, I shouldn't say this because I'm going to end up dead like next week. So <laughs> you might be listening to, to a to, dead you, guy. You've been to right those now. unmasked Super Bowl parties. So yes, that's the, the crazy unmasked <laughs> Super Bowl parties. But it's 2021. And the end of the world has happened. Tom Brady has seven Lombardi trophies. Uh, Unbelievable, man. I was rooting for Patrick Mahomes, but yeah. it didn't happen. He had no line. He had no line. Nope. He had no line. I mean, like that poor guy, that poor guy ran <laughs> at least three miles that, oh, that night. Easy. Easy. Did you yeah. see the pass he threw when he was he like was horizontal? horizontal? <laughs> and did you see he hit the guy right in the face? Like it it was probably I, I I I wanted to post this on Facebook and say that is the most incredible incomplete <laughs> pass in in NFL history. Oh, I know because like, he threw it like what 35, 40 yards too. I mean yeah. it wasn't it wasn't like just oh, like yeah. a little like it was unbelievable, <laughs> unbelievable. He threw a couple like that. Yeah. They he hit a couple guys right in the face. I'm like. <laughs> Catch the dang ball. But anyway, so here we are. It's 2021. A lot's happened since we recorded last. We're going to talk about that in a moment. Uh, this is post-Christian pastors. What does that mean? Does that mean we are post-Christian? No. It just means that we are three pastors normally. If you haven't noticed, Michael P. Arnold is not here, but we have a sub. We have a yeah, sub. Man. He's coming in here in a second. Call him um, from the bullpen. Come in. We put up the left hand. <laughs> right it's almost time for baseball season. Call, so call him in. Spring training. He's <laughs> he's getting ready. Uh, so Michael P. Arnold is not with us today, uh, but we have a sub coming in. But uh, so what do we do? We're usually three pastors who who come at uh, our uh, come at issues and topics. Uh, in a post-Christian society, living in a post-Christian society, how do we live out the way of Jesus in the midst of a post-Christian society? If you don't believe we're post-Christian, uh, you're not paying attention. So, uh, <laughs> so we obviously do have a lot of Christian, you know, influences and things like that. We're not saying that, but so if you haven't joined us before, welcome. Glad you're here. So let me introduce uh, who's coming in here so he can join in the conversation. So. I've known this guy since, oh man, he was, um, he was in high school, I think when I, when I first met him and, um, I was a camp director at this camp that we, that he was a kid at. And we had, I think that week we had the most fun of any camp. Uh, we spent more money that week, uh, than we were supposed to, cause they didn't give me a budget. So I was like, all right, let's go kids. We're going to have a great time. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> We had a blast. We had a good time. Uh, and then Mark was never asked to do that again. No, I actually never was asked to go back there again until Dave had me speak. So uh, Dave okay. then became the president of that camp. And I actually went back there to speak, but none of the higher ups. But we were just talking about this. Him and I last night that like I kicked like the director or whatever the camp out. He wasn't the director. He was like an overseer. I literally booted him out of the camp one night. I told him. <laughs> It, I told my wife last night, it was my proudest moment and my least proudest moment of myself. 
in the last <laughs> 30 years. I was like, I never talked to like a 70 some year old man that way before. <laughs> um, or he's like, he had to be, because we he's 92 now or something like that. So, and he's still alive, but yeah, maybe I should go. I was going to say, have you apologized? Apologize. <laughs> no, if you heard, if you hold the heart, if you, if you heard the whole story, you would realize maybe I, I don't know, sure I should apologize, but I don't know. It could have been maybe handled a little better. Uh, so this guy, so he is, um, been a pastor for a long time and, uh, he also runs his own business, uh, called Hardyware, where they make all kinds of different things for churches and organizations. And he's a speaker nationally. He speaks all over the place. He grew up in the same denomination I did, which I've been kicked out of, but he hasn't. No, I've been kicked out. But, but uh, so that's what you think. <laughs> as far as I know, I'm not kicked out. Okay. As far as I know, but Dave might know better. He might, he's been on in those insider meetings. He might know better. You're, so, on the, you're on the blacklist. I am on the blacklist. So welcome to Post-Christian Pastors, Dave Hardy. How are you, Dave? I am doing great, Mark. Thank you for that introduction. Yeah. It is wonderful to be with you today. <laughs> Dave, you were there for that infamous moment when... I was there, and I cried tears of joy. It was like the tyrant was... Uh, you know, disposed. They were bringing down the statues. It was fantastic. Yeah, it was. You, Mark, you became my hero in that moment. Like, I just want you to know that. That was the moment. Like, I was on the fence about you. Oh, that's good. Out of the camp. That's when you became my hero. Oh, that's funny. I said it's my proudest and most and and not proudest moment all in the same moment. Pretty. That's pretty typical, I think. Your proudest and your least. Sometimes can always be the same. I honestly can't wait to talk to Jesus about that moment. (laughs) So come on, what do you think? I mean, was I? I don't know. I said you threw some tables around, so you know, like. So come on, give me give me a break. So, uh, Dave, welcome. We're glad you're here. Dave's coming at us from Chippewa, Pennsylvania, right? Chippewa, yep, Pennsylvania. Yep. And um, Dave, tell us about like um, what you've been doing during the pandemic. So, yeah, tell us about. So, Dave. So, go ahead. So, I I was a youth pastor for twelve years. Okay, twelve years, and I also made T-shirts for my denomination, and uh, the T-shirts were going incredibly well. I had an event. Um, in Florida, I had two events in Florida that I did for my denomination, uh, the Christian Missionary Alliance, and we just killed it. It was amazing. These events were fantastic to the point where I decided that I was going to transi- transition into being an event t-shirt guy slash uh, a national speaker. That uh, this is this was the point that I decided to do that. And what month and, was uh, this? What month? I know, right? <laughs> I made this decision September 1, 2019. Okay. And uh, I remember, I'm telling you, I remember March 13th, 2020, right? Yeah. I was booked all over the I was in um, Minnesota. I was, <laughs> I was booked for 12 speaking engagements from March till May. I was on cloud nine. I was speaking at a college. Everything was fantastic. Coronavirus comes in. And I, I remember hearing, I remember they said, you know, there's this thing called coronavirus. I'm like, I've heard about all these viruses. We're gonna, <laughs> this is going to be fine. No problem. And I'll never forget the president of that college when he met me. He came up to me and I went to shake his hand and he went to give me a fist bump. And I'm oh. like, come on, dude. It's not that serious. It's not like this is going to change the world or anything like that. <laughs> and uh, I just remember, dude, I remember getting home and 
every single event that I, because I was supposed to be speaking in South Carolina that next week. Every event just started canceling. Oh, I wonder. Like, it's so amazing. They weren't still open. <laughs> <laughs> South Carolina. Yeah, well, so, you know it's bad when South Carolina. Yeah. Bad. Can you imagine yeah. if you would have got stuck in Minnesota for like the oh, last I eleven know. months? <laughs> just like been out there roaming the land. Yeah, just roaming Minnesota. So we know that Dave oh. doesn't have the gift of prophecy then, because if you. <laughs> He was, <laughs> well, here's what I'm saying with this whole thing. Could some of the prophets have like given us a, a, a heads up? You know what I mean? That coronavirus was going to come yeah. and change our whole world. Why do we have any prophecies about that? We got plenty of prophecies about right. Trump. Yeah. We didn't get anything about coronavirus. <laughs> come on. At least the um, at least like the the people of God, Israelites, they had Jeremiah saying it's going to get really bad. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> gonna, you better uh, repent. Uh, it's too late. Actually, it's going to get bad. But we didn't even have that. We were just like boom. Here we go. Dude, and I had I had twenty thousand dollars worth of unsold T-shirts mm. in my basement mm. March thirteenth because like I was gearing up because what my model was was that I would go and sell T-shirts and speak at these large Christian right, events, right? And so I had all this stuff that I ordered, oh, getting wow. ready for the spring. Coronavirus comes in, and uh, so if you want to buy some cheap event T-shirts. <laughs> I'll sell it to you. Real cheap. Real so did you, cheap. So did you, put, did you put your kids out on the street, like, waving them, like, hey, uh, cheap $5, three for $5? Please, please. Hey, buy my daddy's T-shirt. There- I, I, I kid you not. In, in, what was it? It was, like, April. I went and I stayed up all night and rewrote my entire business strategy. Um, like, I mean, I diametrically changed everything. I went from being, like, I'll sell T-shirts at your event to... I will make uh, t-shirts for your organization overnight, you know, change the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And we survived. We're actually doing well, but it was complete insanity. Oh for my about gosh. A month. So, yeah, so tell me, tell us a little bit before we get, we're going to get into our topic here for a moment. And this, this isn't really our topic, but tell me what it's like, like, what's it like to be a business owner in a, in the middle of a pandemic? Like, what did you learn? It was, well, it was absolutely insane because you had no idea what you were like what you were headed into, I you, and we still, I couldn't imagine that it would have lasted this long, right? Mm-hmm, like, no. you know, there was that two weird, weeks, like, there's no two way, weeks, uh, <laughs> two, remember, two, two weeks to flatten the curve, the curve flatten your and business. We're still flattening it, yeah. I guess. I don't know, but <laughs> that I, worked. I, I, um, we just, I just pivoted. I pivoted so much. I've never, I've never been that fluid in my life. You know, it was just like, okay, were, we got this didn't work. You were like a yeah. dreidel spinning around. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Guys, it was crazy. In March, I was taking, because I'm an artist. I'm a graph. The main thing that I do is I'm a graphic designer. So I can do anything. Um, I'm actually working on a graphic novel right now, all this different stuff. So I can, I can do uh, corporate design, but I can also do like crazy comic book illustrations that uh, Mark Helsel loves. Can you draw, can you, you, can you draw me a graphic novel of me kicking that guy out of camp? That'd be awesome. I I need to, that that should be it. We'll send it to him in Florida, you know, but, um, I still have one of your, I still have one of your drawings. I I showed it to you. I showed it to you not too long ago. That Legion, you, you, you spoke on Legion and I went and drew the guy possessed by demons. You're like, that's awesome. And I still have it. I still have that. that, That brings joy to my heart. Yep. So, but here's the thing. I started doing designs. I, I was doing everything. I was doing designs for SoundCloud rappers. Okay. Nice. I kid you not. Like I, and I was, and everybody laughs at that. And I laugh at that. Too. No, I love you it. Guys, I was making, I was making bank off of these. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like they were giving me the most insane like things. And I'm like, 
okay, you know, and all I'm, right. I'm doing all this stuff. Yeah, well, because here's what happened during the pandemic. Everybody decided, well, I have a bunch of time, so I'm just going to do that thing that I love doing because they, they got laid off their job. Right. right. So like, well, my desire is to be a rapper. So then I'm doing all these album covers and all this different stuff. But as a here's the deal. As a small business owner, it was absolutely terrifying because sure. you had no idea. And, and to still to a large degree, we do not know when things are actually going to open up. You can't plan more than a week ahead almost. Yeah. You know, there's there's no sign when are people, when's life going to, to some degree, go back to normal. So we tried as a business to keep uh, our funds as fluid as possible, um, stay liquid, and try not yeah. to go get a bunch of inventory you have to sell and everything. But we just, we adapted. Um, You're going to end up shipping we, a whole bunch of t-shirts to Africa <laughs> al- along with the ones that say yeah. Chiefs Super Bowl champions That's 2021. It. I actually know the guy. No, guys, get this. I know the guy who printed the Chiefs Super Bowl shirts. Did you? So, like, you? I wow. know him. Ah, yeah, that's they, cool. Like, so, because in the screen printing community, like, we all know each other, right? Right. And so I know that guy, and he was so stoked to print those shirts because they're printed. You know, they're, yeah. they were in boxes in Florida. Yeah. Like, he's like, oh, I really hope the Chiefs win because then we're going to keep printing. He's pretty depressed, right? Uh, yeah. At least he yeah. got paid. At least he got paid for those. Yeah. yeah. They And they, like, they're, that, that cost isn't on him. It's on the NFL. Right, right. You right. know, or on the Chiefs. But still, it was like, I think the NFL it's almost will make like sports it. Gambling. Yeah. What'd you say? I think the NFL will make it. I think they'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I on a few t shirts. On a few t shirts. Uh, yeah. So, right. so right. what was the one? What I guess, what what was the one thing you learned about yourself in the middle of uh, running a business in the middle of this? And what's one thing you learned about God in the middle of this? Sure. Um, about myself, never say never. So there were a lot of things that I said. Because <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, so you and rappers, baby. <laughs> right, right, yeah. So it's like, if you say, I will never do that, mm-hmm. um, I will never work with those people, that was just stupid. Yeah. Um, if it was, if it was, I mean, honestly, if it was, at that time, if it was not immoral, I was going to work on it. Right. You know, yeah. like, people have asked me to do stuff that by, just ethically, I'm not going to do. Right. But, if it was not immoral, I was going to do it. So I, I just, I think in this time it was like, uh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to question how God is going to provide for my family. And what I learned about God is that it was dark. It was scary. And we were fine. Mm-hmm. Like he provided miraculously there. I mean, there were days because I don't get a paycheck. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were days when I was uh, that week, I wasn't going to get a paycheck. Friday, I get a call for this crazy, insane project that is a week's worth of work that you know just comes in wow. miraculously. Like, I mean, um, it was just time and time again. I saw that, you know, it was manna. It really was. It felt like, you know, you couldn't save it from yesterday. You, yeah. you couldn't whatever. But it was it was God's provision um, mm, through cool. the entire thing. He he never he always provided. Yeah. He never turned. His, now, was it the way we thought? No. Yeah, right. Not at all. It wasn't the way we drew it up, but he always provided. One more real serious question. Did you get any great bling from the rappers? <laughs> no, but I had to draw a great bling. Oh, like they, would send me, nice. they would send me pictures of like them blinged out and yeah. stuff. And then they'd be like, I want this. I learned so much about all the different like That's you know, diamonds and amazing. like all that stuff. Isn't it hilarious? That I had to draw grills. Amazing. Dude, I had to draw like these crazy like diamond grills. And I'm like, okay. I love you know, it. That's fine. I love yeah. it. I love it. <laughs> it's awesome. 
<laughs> well, here, guys, we're gonna we're gonna take a break, and then we're gonna come back, and we're gonna talk about our topic for today, which is uh, we've been doing this series called Lost in America. We've been looking some some really tough things going on in America right now. We're gonna come back and talk about how do we find our way back home if we're lost in America. How do we find our way back home? Uh, lots happened since we recorded last. We'll talk a lot about that. We'll be back in one minute. Stick around, Dave. You're gonna be our you're gonna be our co-host. You okay with that? I'm ready. You okay I'm with ready. it? We did we, not Marv Nelson. <laughs> I'll, I'll replace Marv. I'll oh, replace Marv. oh yeah, there we oh. go. Fired. I just said it. Oh Marv, uh, you're throw, out. Throw down. Out the door, Marv. See you later. <laughs> You've been blacklisted too. All right, we'll be back in one second here on Post Christian Pastors. Don't go anywhere. Back here on Post Christian Pastors, John. How you doing? You doing good? I'm doing all right. Yeah, John. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I'm doing all right. There's weeks in the ministry that try, try yeah, the there, try the soul. There are, yeah. <laughs> but this was, yeah. I mean, it started out really well. I mean, uh, Sunday, I was uh, my my congregation um, recognized my 10 years as the pastor of, uh, Covenant Community Church, which is pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, as I shared, uh, with my congregation, I growing up my adult life, I've never lived anywhere for that long. Like, mm. so let alone be a part of a church for that long, right. um, at any point in my life. So, uh, for me, that was, it's been like something that when I, when I came here, wasn't even like in my wildest dreams, I would be someplace for 10 years so yeah it was good very cool yeah. man congrats thank you congrats i know i know it's been a, a wild ride you and i pastor churches that are similar yours is a little bigger than mine a little similar in size so yep. that's been a that's been a journey uh a lot's happened in our country since we recorded last um yes, you know joking around about the super bowl and stuff that's just small <laughs> stuff but we had a transition of power we had a I don't know what you want to call it, insurrection or whatever they call it, whatever happened at the Capitol. Um, siege. A siege <laughs> by a bunch of, uh, I don't know, just ridiculous Viking people. Warlord. Viking warlord. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. Did you ever think you would see the Viking warlord take over the U.S. Capitol building? Yeah. Didn't really see that one coming. Yeah. Um, Did we have that on the 2021 bingo card? No, no I, don't I don't think, think anyone so. had Viking Warrior on the bingo card. <laughs> so when things get that ridiculous, so, and I know we're joking, there were yeah. people that lost their life over that, yeah. but, but when things get that ridiculous and the last uh, 11 months have been pretty trying uh, time, uh, whether it was politically or um, uh, health-wise or racial issues. I mean, like we've had it all mm -hmm. packaged into 11 months. Um, how do you find your way forward? That's what we're going to talk about. Like to wrap up this series called Lost in America, just how do you find your way forward and what I want to do is I want to play actually a commercial from the Super Bowl. It was by Jeep. 
uh, starring Bruce Springsteen. And I want to play you this commercial. I know you can't see the visuals. I will tell you that in the visuals, there is a fair amount of Christian imagery uh, with crosses and different things like that. So that's one of the things that's playing in the visual. The actual whole thing centers around a chapel, a Christian chapel in the center of the country at the very Lebanon, Kansas. Yes. At the very, uh, what do you call it? Uh, geographical center uh, of this, of the lower 48 of the lower 48. Yeah. So there's a chapel there and that's what this kind of revolves around. If you haven't seen it, go to YouTube and watch it, but I'm going to play you the audio so that you can hear it. Then I'm going to talk to you about kind of some things after that. So Dave, you ready? I'm ready to go. All right, here we go. There's a chapel in Kansas standing on the exact center of the lower 48. It never closes. All are more than welcome to come meet here in the middle. It's no secret the middle has been a hard place to get to lately. Between red and blue, between servant and citizen, between our freedom and our fear. Now fear has never been the best of who we are. And as for freedom, it's not the property of just the fortunate few. It belongs to us all. Whoever you are, wherever you're from, it's what connects us, and we need that connection. We need the middle. We just have to remember the very soil we stand on is common ground. So we can get there. We can make it to the mountaintop, through the desert, and we will cross this divide. Our light has always found its way through the darkness. And there's hope on the road up ahead. All right, so... So that's kind of the the gist of it. Um, you know, the ad closed with um, here's to the reunited States of America with a red star in the middle of it. Um, so what I want to go with this is I posted then something on my Facebook was like, hey, I enjoyed, you know, this commercial, um, you know, Jesus. And then I, I Christianized it more than obviously Jeep would. And I... <laughs> And I said, and I said, you know, Jesus has always been uh, our hope, and and the more we move to Him as the center, I picked up on some of their language a little bit. Uh, as more as He is at the center, that He will heal our land, or something like that. So within hours, I got a response from somebody who's, you know, now I wasn't saying this ad was the, you know, a Christian ad. I wasn't saying that. But it drew on Christian imagery uh, a lot, and it also drew on the on the Exodus uh, story through the desert uh, to the mountaintop. You know, uh, it was drawing on a very Judeo-Christian uh, worldview, which, by the way, has caused a lot of 
a lot of rancor amongst people saying it's promoting Christian nationalism, it's promoting Christianity or whatever. So that's been, you know, a topic too. But this person wrote back and 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 sent me a link was like, here's why this is a horrible ad. <laughs> okay. So like there's a red star at the end. That's about communism. Um, there is, uh, you know, why is it's, prom- it's promoting Christian nationalism or, you know, like all these different things. And Bruce Springsteen has said this about Trump. And, and so why do I say all that? I say all that to be like, I actually thought it was an ad you, if you pick it apart, you can pick it apart. But I actually thought it was an ad that was trying to get us to come to common ground. Okay. That was my main takeaway. I don't need Jeep to preach. They don't need to share the gospel with me. They don't need to tell me their theology or whatever their, every little theology has to be right. But I felt like it was an effort to say, we've got to meet in the middle somewhere like in you know, I didn't even know about this chapel, which is pretty cool. I'm going to go there now. Um, but uh, it was calling us together, but it seems like it just divided people even more. So here's my question. And for kind of the question for the whole episode is like, how do you find your way back home to civility or a sense of unity in the country when even something like this. And dare I say, if they would have showed this ad 10 years ago, okay. Um, I don't think you would have got the response that you are getting now. So I guess my question to the two of you and to all of us listening is how do you find your way? How do we find our way back home? uh, You know, in the midst of this, if even something like this is seen as divisive, why don't we start with Dave? Dave, what about you? What do you think? Yeah, so uh, the most contentious sermon that I ever preached was directly following the Ferguson uh, the Ferguson shooting and riots and those things, and I think it was 2016. And I remember <clears throat> that we had a fairly divided congregation on the subject. I, I preached to about, it was like about 200 um, millennials. Okay, so like mostly young, you know, college students and whatnot. Right. And they, and I was trying to preach a sermon on unity. I, like I was, that was my definitive intent. And, uh, it, it, it blew up like, and I was trying so hard to see both sides and come, you know, bring everybody together. And I've never received that much hate because all I did was make both sides angry. Okay. <laughs> right. So the people on the right, got really mad at me and the people on the left got really mad at me and said, you didn't go far. And both people said, you didn't go far enough. You needed to yell about this thing. And then, you know, there was a murder here and, and there was, you know, racist issues and all this different stuff and the systemic blah, blah, blah. And everybody was going crazy about stuff. And I learned at that point in time that there's no way to make everybody happy. Now that doesn't mean you have to choose a side, but the idea that like, I'm going to put out this uh, ad that is going to you absolutely unite everybody. Like I watched the ad, you know, but everybody, people are going to get mad. Right. And the crazy thing is I'm watching the ad Super Bowl Sunday and I'm like, Oh yeah, that's pretty cool. Like I, you know, it, it spoke to me. I liked it. And then instantly, like when it was over and I went, I had to go watch it on YouTube because it was like, you know, Super Bowl was going crazy and that, yeah. you know, everybody's talking during it. So you go watch it on YouTube 
And I'm like, I told, I actually love what they're trying to say. And it's really sad that people are going to, are, are blowing it up and it becomes polarizing when that's the absolute opposite of what they were trying to do. I, I think that during this time, what will bring us home? What's going to unite? Um, obviously, uh, like we are, at, you know, we are, we're pastors here. The, the answer is Jesus, clearly no doubt. Right. But it is a mutual respect for people and their beliefs. Not saying that everybody's beliefs are um, all valid and all the same and everything is perfect, but having a respect for people as people and a little bit of, and this word's going to scare us maybe, but a little bit of pluralism, okay? Not saying that I'm endorsing pluralism like, hey, you know, all truth is relative and you can just believe whatever you want, but a respect for people and their ideas. Mm -hmm. You know, one of my one of my best friends in high school growing up was a distinct metalhead, okay? Like <laughs> metalhead, like you wouldn't believe. Like Slayer, I mean, you know, Slayer. Remember Slayer? Oh yeah, Slayer, um Yellow. Necrophasia, like you know all What was the, the Christian like, one? The what was the Christian metal. one? Striper. Striper, yeah, you know what I mean. Yellow and black like attack. Demon Hunter. Demon Hunter. Yeah. Demon Hunter. There you go. <laughs> but so here's the deal. We were we were we still are to this day. We're fantastic friends. We have diametrically different belief systems. Right. Okay, like you know, like absolutely. Like I would wear a t-shirt with a cross on it and he's wearing a t-shirt with a bloody upside down dripping cross, right? Like <laughs> our perspective is very different. And but we still respect each other. You, didn't you know, and you, it's like You didn't cancel each yeah, other. You didn't cancel I each did, other. We didn't cancel each other. You know, we we there, there was an understanding and I think that like he has expressed his very nihilistic views to me. Yeah. I don't agree with them. Right. Um, but we, you know, I can definitely get past that. Um, and so can he, here's what's funny. Like I'm, I'm sure to his friends, when he talks to his metalhead friends, he's like, yeah, I'm friends with this pastor. Like, Whoa, how can you do that? He's the enemy. He's like, nah, he's pretty cool. You know what I mean? Like when they all talk about that stuff, I just, I think that, I think that we, like we need to respect People respect opinions, respect those things. I don't necessarily mean endorse. Yeah, you could but, say, I um, believe in demons too. You believe in <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, right? And you can you find your common ground in demonology. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, John, why do you think the respect died? Like what? Because I don't, mm. I don't remember, I don't remember even like in the last, if you go back 10 years, I don't even remember people it didn't seem like people talked about politics a whole lot. Maybe I was just stupid and I was 40 years old, 10 years ago, 41. It just didn't seem like people talked about politics. It didn't seem that people were overly concerned about like um, canceling people for something they believed or something in their past. Even um, we were always kind of, I felt known as a country of second chances uh, for people. I don't know how in the, how in the world, like, do you get to a place where, where there's no respect either way, or we can storm the Capitol and, you know, dress as a Viking? Yeah. I, I mean, I think if I, if I had the answer to that, <laughs> I think I would, you know, yeah. um, I'd be making the rounds on all the TV shows. Well, maybe nobody has the answer to that. I mean, I, 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 I think there are a lot of kind of, reasons for that i mean it 
and I, I don't I don't know that we can really kind of pin anything down per se. Mm-hmm. But I do I do think there are. I think we've kind of, in some form or fashion, we've um, we've bought into the uh, every. I think across the board, we've kind of bought into the idea that there are um, that there there that there are certain people that are our enemies. You know, I mean, back in the day, we knew who our enemy was, right? It was Russia. Right. right. I mean, I'm serious. It was always I, Russia. Right. I mean, it was, I mean, I, before that it was the Nazis. Then right. it was the Russians. Right. You know, it was Ivan Drago, you know, like he was the bad guy, right. always the Russians. And, and I, I honest, I mean, I've read some of the, some stuff on this and I think, I do think there's some validity to the fact that, you know, over the, over the course of time, the United States has always had a common enemy, Right. And as we've kind of lived in this quote unquote era of peace, even though we all realize it's not, I mean, we're still, there's still, yeah, there's still enemies out there. It's the perceived peace. Right. There has become, I think, a, a, a more kind of inward focus, mm-hmm. right? So we don't have an outward enemy like we, you know, in the sense that we've had before, right? right. And so we've brought that all inward and we've we've kind of started looking around and being like oh well you don't quite line up with exactly how i what i believe what i feel right so you're my enemy (laughs) and and our national because we need an enemy right and our national leaders have for the large part have really embraced that Mm -hmm. and have and have i think kept ratcheting that up more and more and more over the years because in 2001 you know al-qaeda Al Qaeda was the enemy, yep. and uh, and for a long time after that, you can't imagine like we can't even imagine in two thousand one. Can you imagine people storming the Capitol in two thousand one? No, I mean like we can't even. They, if you told me in that, and if you told Not me in two thousand patriots, yeah, for, yeah. For sure, if you right? told me in two thousand one that people would storm the Capitol in two thousand twenty in the name of democracy, democracy, I'd be like, what? Yeah, I mean like that's. That's insane. Yeah. I can't even, you know, I can't even. And then, and, and, you know, I know there's people that might go, well, there's a reason that that happened and people feel unheard and they feel the election was stolen from them and all these different things. Okay. I understand that. I understand that's your argument, but what did you think was going to happen when you stormed the Capitol? Like, what did you think was going to happen to you? Yeah. Like what? I'm like, I mean, the hard part is that I don't, I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a super, you know, hardcore history buff. I'm not a historian. I just play one on a podcast. <laughs> um, but as far as, as from what I understand, there have always been people have felt marginalized in the political process, right? There are always right. been people that have felt like that their person didn't get the fair shake that they deserved. There's always people that have felt like this election has been stolen. I mean, that's that's been for pretty much forever in our democracy process. And it's, you know, what, what has changed that now it's become to the point where, like you said, we, some people decide that the only way to, to handle this is to storm uh, the Capitol and and try to put a halt to the election process. Um, Right. Yeah. So Uh, like, yeah, like how do you, how do you go forward? How do you find your way back 
to civility? How do you find your way back to, you know, the ads calling us to come to the middle? Okay. And I've, I've seen people talk about this, whether that's even possible at this point. And maybe the country needs to split um, into people who believe this ideology and people who believe this ideology. How would you even do that geographically? <laughs> right. Yeah, that's, that's what I mean. Question. Yeah. Like, you're going to have to, like, cut the middle of America out <laughs> around. <all> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just leave the chapel in the middle by itself. You come to the middle. You actually come there. Um, so, But, uh, yeah, but, I mean, I've heard people say, like, I've heard conservative people say this or liberal, liberal people say this is that um, it just needs to split apart ideologically because you're calling people to come back and unite when they have absolutely nothing in common. So they don't have anything in common. So asking them to come back together and unite is impossible. I'm just saying what people are saying. Right. I'm not saying that's what I'm saying. I know. But that's what some people say. And when you hear it on the surface, it that doesn't sound all that crazy. I'm not saying it is crazy either, but it just sounds like because what united the United States before? It could have been a common enemy. That could have been one thing, an outside enemy. Um, but what what united us before? And I know we're three pastors, um, but there are people that will say like a Judeo-Christian worldview united us um maybe sometimes a, sometimes maybe a sense of economic prosperity sometimes sometimes <laughs> yeah for some I, people but i think it's actually a great question when you think about it. like what what was it that united us let's just say a hundred years ago like yeah. what the last pandemic okay Nobody was, I don't think in the last pandemic, people were saying, oh, let's break apart the country, yeah. you know, like um, in the middle while people are dying. Um, I guess my question would be, what was united? What did you have? We have we ever been fully united? Well, I mean, we're sinful, broken people. So. Right. But I mean, do so there's this there's this whole theory about how we process and remember history. Right. There's this whole mm -hmm. way that our minds and brains work. And like, we like literally have like selective memory. Like it's just part of how we're, how God has designed us. Right. right. Yeah. And so we, yeah, that works in marriage too. Right. Like you have to have selective <laughs> right. memory. Uh, I'm pleading the fifth on that one. Yeah. And so then <laughs> your your wife listened to this podcast. Um, thankfully she thinks it's ridiculous and doesn't listen to it. No, oh, just kidding. Nice. No, just kidding. Um, but I think, I, I do think that we do have a selective personal memory and national memory. I mean, I mean, I'm just thinking, I mean, I've shared this before on this podcast. Like, you know, my, my grandfather came from Italy when he was three years old, right? His parents brought him over. They lived in Aliquippa. You know, when he was growing up, he had a cross burned in his front yard. How you, how united was our country? And yet these people were coming from all over the world, Right. The, the despots of the, really, I mean, I mean, my, my grandfather's family was not yeah. wealthy. They came here. Yeah. We weren't quite Australia, <laughs> but we were, <laughs> but I mean, but people Australia who were, it was like a prison colony. Right. It was like people who were in real movie. need, you know, came a hundred right. years ago. Sure. For you know, opportunity. For opportunity. Right. And people didn't want them to have that opportunity. Yeah. There were people that, yeah, that tried right? to keep them from that opportunity. Um, yeah. Our government even tried to keep them. I mean, 
just years, just a few years after my grandparents, my great grandparents brought my grandfather and, uh, uh, and his sister here, our government changed the policies for immigration so that it would keep out people like my grandfather from Southern, from, from Southern Italy mm-hmm. and from other places because they were considered to be less than human. And so how, you know, they were Italians. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 And so because of eugenics and, you know, this whole thing that we had, you know, that Christians even had bought into that there were superior people to the other. I mean, there's so many things that we can kind of dig into and say like the blonde haired, blue eyed people have always been seen as superior. (laughs) 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 But we'll just leave that one right there. But, I, I yeah, to, but I, think, I had to make a joke. There, yeah, sorry. no, I, I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> but I do think that there's a, a sense of how united have we been right. as a country. And but John, there's something that I mean, we've I mean, I, there's no guarantee we're going to last forever. Right. Because I would have told you in 33 AD that the Roman Empire <laughs> was going to fall oh. apart. You would have been like, no way. Yeah. So we have no guarantee. Every empire falls. Right. Every every empire has a shelf life. Yep. Um, but there has to be something. Like, I mean, there has to be something that has held us together. Is it the drink? Is it? Is well, it? Do you think? So right now, one of the one of the biggest inconsistencies that I see between uh, in our two arguments is this weird, strange marriage of ideologies so you have um with the black lives matter uh push right you have these two ideologies that don't make much sense together you have a very naturalistic ideology in that there is no god everything came together purely by chance billions of billions of years ago um and so when when you have that view coming up against a Christian worldview that says all human life is incredibly valuable because we're all created in the image of, of God. Like every single human being has value. But when you only believe these weird half-truths and you combine them to ke- together and mm. that you remove God from the equation, you yeah. have this strange Frankenstein ideology that yeah. kind of doesn't make sense. And right. not even kind of. It flat out doesn't make sense. And it just doesn't work. How can all lives matter if there is no God? Like, who establishes that? Right. How can that, like, if there is no God. Because even when people people? believed in God at times, they didn't believe all lives mattered. Sure. So it's, it's all, it's already, it's already hard enough. It's already hard enough to believe that someone who looks different than you or grew up somewhere different than you has different colored skin than you matters for, because we're sinful people. Okay, so it's obviously been hard throughout the history of the country for people to believe other people mattered, and they still held to somewhat of a Christian, Judeo-Christian worldview. So, with are you saying without it, then without 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 it, then we're really it's it's actually weird. It's like they they take so they get rid of God, but they want to keep the value. It's the kingdom without the king. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it, it doesn't make any sense. It's you, this weird, strange war. Like, how can you like if there is no God, how do you force other people right. or how do you coerce other people or convince other people that everybody has value? 
that like all of these different people groups have value. So you, it's I guess really the question, and I've heard this asked on other podcasts is, is you want the kingdom values without the king. Yes. And, and the question then becomes, is that possible? Like, no. is it, well, <laughs> that's not. what I mean. Like, is it possible? Well, there's people like Sam Harris and different other people, you know, the kind of new atheist kind of thing uh, would say, you know, religion is the problem. And actually it is possible to have the kingdom without the king. I don't believe that. I, I no. because I think it boils down to me. It boils down to transformation. Okay. Mm-hmm. Something has to transform the human heart. And because I've seen it happen in my own life, in the lives of thousands of other people, I have to believe the thing that's missing is transformation. Okay. So do we need, do we need a uh, renewal? People talk a lot about renewal. Um, we talk a lot about, um, what's the other word I'm missing here, John, uh, to fix things. Restoration. Restor- no, not re- like people talk about reform. Oh, reform, reform. This needs reform. And I go, amen. You're right. There needs sure. to be, there needs to be police reform. Okay. Like, mm-hmm. absolutely. I totally agree, but nothing's ever going to stop a racist cop shooting someone in the moment that they shouldn't have. Okay. Just as if no one's going to stop that person from submitting to being arrested when an officer is just asking them to, to stop uh, what they're doing in the moment, because there's stories on both sides of this, because in both those situations, there needs to be revival, not just reform. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So like reform is going to take us so far. Right. And I, I'm totally for reform in everything, right. but it's also got its incredible limitations. And do you think that to some degree, the, the screaming and yelling for reform has brought out some and, and, and um, exacerbated some of the you know, previously held racist uh, ideologies that were under the skin that are now really rising to the surface? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think... It's crazy some of the the things that we're hearing in this time that people will say, yet the greatest sin in our culture, the worst thing you can be is a racist, yet there's people who are now becoming even more racist um, because of all the things happening. And I wonder if to some degree it's that we are going to force you to believe this way. And if you try to force transformation, does it ever work? Mark, does forced transformation work? Does it work no. for other religions? Can you force somebody to be a Christian? No. Can you force somebody to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior? No. It doesn't work, right? It's is that just gonna is that just gonna build worked. resentment? Sure. Right? Yeah. See, this is where this gets really tricky because, mm-hmm. like I've said this before, I don't know if I've said it on here, but like I tell my own congregation often, I'm like, look, we need transformation because like even God's law, we can pass all the right laws. It's not going to, we want just laws. We, we want to have just laws, but even God's law has its limitations. And that's Paul who says that. Okay. Right. All the law can do is show me how messed up I am. Okay. Right. Like that's what the law is. The law is powerless to change me. Right. Um, but I need transformation. So am I saying that the way forward is transformation? Probably that's what I'm saying for me, what I believe um, that I know I don't want to make that sound simplistic. Like, well, you, you know, like that 
t-shirt I see at Walmart says you, you just, y'all need Jesus. You know, like <laughs> I, I know. Okay. So I have I that. I have some in my basement. Yeah. I can, <laughs> I can sell them real. Yeah. Money. I actually have that shirt. I wore it for a, our water battle at church because people are going to get nasty to me. So uh, it's just a fun, I always wear a weird t-shirt, but so I, I understand that everybody needs Jesus. I get that. And I don't want to make it sound like that simplistic because it is, it's very complex problems. We have very complex problems and we've had those problems, you know, even when we said we were a Christian nation. Mm-hmm. So, um, I don't know, John, I'm talking too much, but what about, no, I, I, like, I, I, I just, I don't, it feels like the answer is the answer, which is we need a revival. Um, and, and, but that answer seems like it either is too simplistic or it can't be the answer for a lot of people. They won't accept that as the answer. Well, I mean, I think for the church, we, we need <laughs> for the, for the church as the people of God, we need a realignment Right, we need a realignment of. We like all these R words today. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> we need a realignment of you know of our true citizenship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, our true king. We need that realignment to be reminded of that. You know, yes, we are here in this country. This is a wonderful place to live. We've been given an incredible gift. We need to steward it. We need to, you know, work to protect that. We need to work to see everyone have the same types of, you know, freedoms and access that that we enjoy or that we wish mm-hmm. to enjoy. But that is secondary, right, to our true citizenship, right? Being, you know, in heaven, uh, the new the new heaven, the new earth, that that's where our ultimate, right? Right. Looking for the city that has foundations as the writer of the Hebrew says, like that's, that's where our citizenship is held ultimately. And, you know, and we're, we're sojourners here. We're, we're here uh, for a time to, to steward what God has given us. And, and sometimes we get lost in that, right? We, we reverse that, you know, our citizenship is here is the primary and most important thing. And then we add but, on, but yeah, yeah. We, we don't maybe deny We're like, Oh yeah. You know, my sister, we don't deny that, but that's something that happens later. Mm-hmm. Right. But that's not how the new Testament. That's not how Jesus talked. It's not how the new Testament writers talked. Mm-hmm. Our, our citizenship doesn't happen later. It hap- It's now, right. The, yeah. We, we are, that's where our citizenship is. It's and it's it's now. Our eternal eternal life is not something that happens when we die, mm-hmm. right? It's not. It's, it's something that begins now, now right? It's that's it's the, the kingdom now. It's the kingdom now, right? And and we've, I think, you know, we we might we might even know be able to say all that and to give all those answers, but the way that we functionally live a lot mm-hmm. a lot of times is is not that. And so, you know, I think that's, that's something that the, that the church, uh, in America, I think honestly, probably the church in a lot of pl- places, yeah. um, needs and, to, um, really have a realignment yeah. of, of those things. I just, uh, wrapped up preaching a series on Acts chapter 17, where Paul was in Athens 
And at that time, he says, you people are very religious. He says to them, he walks around their city. It's full of idols. Um, historians say maybe about 30,000 different idols in the city of Athens at the time. We oh, got yeah. him beat in America. Don't worry. <laughs> um, we got we got more than that. But um, but um, he says this. So he, he goes and he gets he goes before kind of the Athenian Supreme Court, the Areopagus, however you pronounce that yeah. word. And uh, he he goes through his whole argument. He says this really interesting thing in his argument. At one point, he says um, at one time he's talking about their idolatry. And he says at one at one time, God overlooked this ignorance. A lot of people are really divided on like, what does that actually mean? Right. Like, what does it mean that God overlooked their ignorance? But then he says that basically he says that time is over. Right. It's time to repent. Mm -hmm. And I just don't know if God is like, not that hear me right on this. He overlooked the ignorance of our nationalism our addiction uh, to so many things. And I feel like at this point, what's happening right now is he's exposing all of those things. Mm. They're all getting exposed for the false idols that they are. Okay. And he's calling us to repentance mm. and repentance. Not as in, Oh, I feel bad. That's not what repentance is. Oh, I feel bad about this. I shouldn't have done this. Repentance is a changing of your mind and going the opposite direction. So, and, and what is that opposite direction? It's what you said. It's into the kingdom. Right. So it's a repentance away from the kingdom of the world. Like Jesus said, repent. What did he say right after that? For the kingdom of God is near. Right. Okay. So what was he calling them into? Was he just going around saying, oh, you should feel bad about you. The fact you lied. You should feel the bad about the fact that you're a glutton. No, he was calling them to a different kingdom. Yep. Repent was literally change your mind about everything and come enter the way of the kingdom. Yeah. Like that to me, that's a, that is one of the ways I think back. And I, I still don't know what that verse means. God overlooked their ignorance for a time. I, I don't know. I hope I got that out right. Dave, did I get that out right? Yeah, and then he brings it up again in Romans, I think it's uh, 2 and 3, mm -hmm. again. Right. So there's this, uh, there's something, I mean, obviously, there's a major diametric shift. There's an eschatological shift uh, that occurred with Christ. Um, right. So I think, that, I think that he's saying now is the day of the repentance. Like today, I right. mean... Yeah, it was good to repent before, but now yeah. it's there's a different understanding. Yeah, know? and I'm not um, saying, and, and there there are people yeah. too. There are people too that believe, and I've heard this, and I've had conversations with people who believe that God has turned America over to its to to its idols. I don't, and I can't, it, it, it I can't say like that. It. I can't say it's wrong. Yeah, I can't say that's, that's for sure. I don't know. What do you think about that? I, I you can't. I don't know definitively. But there are yeah. times when I go, what the heck? <laughs> like, yeah. we can't get any more crazy. Well, are, like, are we what? getting more of what we want? You know, the Romans one, God turned them over to their, to the, their right. hearts. Romans one, is that one or two? Yeah. Romans one, yeah. Right. Yeah, I think it's one. Yeah. When he says they're, you know, um, they turned he just them gives them passion. more gives of them what over, they want. Right. Yeah, yeah here's what you want. As America, just getting more of what we want. You know, this is okay. You want this? Yeah. Go ahead. Well, look at the American idols. I mean, we've, mm. we've politics. The show? Yeah, no. 
Kelly Clarkson? Well, no, Kelly is not the she's not the Antichrist or something, something like that. (laughs) Simon Cowell, maybe. Um, He might be. No, I'm just kidding. I like Simon. I actually think Simon's got like this super soft heart. He's just like has to play a part. But well, anyway, I don't know if we solved anything. I know you guys got to go. So um, I don't know. I, I if you had to give one word, I know this is way inadequate. But John, what would you give one word? For the way back home. What, what, what's, what's one word? I don't know if I have one word, but I'm preaching through Luke right now. And I'm, I just preached on Sunday on Zachariah's hymn or prophecy, however you want to understand that. And what Zachariah saw, I think, is something that is still for us to see today. He saw a dawning of a new day because of the Messiah has come. So and, and we need to fix our new eyes days. on the... On the Messiah, right? Who brings the dawning of a new day? Cool, that's awesome, Dave. What about you? Respect, respect. respect. I think because I think that that's something that everybody, Christians and non-Christians. Yep. I mean, yeah. that, that if if I, it does, you, you can if you just were to respect others and respect views. Not again, not holding them up above and blah blah blah. There are some views that are absolute garbage that everybody would agree are absolute garbage. <laughs> right. Nobody likes Nazis, right? <laughs> everybody thinks Nazis are bad. Except for Nazis. Except for Nazis. <laughs> Except for Nazis, you right. know. But I mean, just respect. I respect yeah. it. And and then and then however, you know, from whatever belief system you have, um, yeah. you know, but obviously our belief system, if you view people as Christ views them, then yes, massive respect. But that right. would change things. Respect. Cool. What I think is going to bring us back together is just simple Bruce Springsteen. No, I'm kidding. Here we go. Yes. <laughs> I'm kidding. I, I said my word already, transformation. I really think that we just need transformed hearts, revival, whatever that looks like, um, and, and obviously in, in Christ. So, hey, guys, thanks for being here. Appreciate you guys being here. Hey, check us out on uh, wherever you find your podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Google Podcasts, Spotify. You can find Post-Christian Pastors. Dave, thanks for joining us. Thanks for yeah, being thanks, here. Great. We appreciate you. Mike, we might kick you out and have yeah. Dave Dave be our regular person. Now we'll just, <laughs> we'll get, no, we're kidding. <laughs> so uh, thanks for being here on Post-Christian Pastors. Thanks for listening. We'll be back soon, hopefully. And uh, take care. We're out, John. See ya. Peace.